thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Download the app today. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And this week in wellness, eating red meat and dairy could help to fight cancer, according to a new study published in Nature. Researchers have reported that a specific fatty acid known as transvaccinic acid, or TVA, found in beef, lamb, and dairy products, improves the body's ability to attack and kill tumours. There are many studies trying to decipher the link between diet and human health, said co-author Professor Jing Chen of the University of Chicago, and it's very difficult to understand the underlying mechanisms because of a wide variety of foods people eat. By focusing on nutrients that activate T-cell or immune responses, we found one that actually enhances anti-tumor immunity by activating an important immune pathway. The researchers started with a database of around 700 known metabolites, small molecules that come from food, and assembled a nutrient library, and then screened the compounds for their ability to influence anti-tumor immunity. After the science evaluated the top six candidates in both human and mouse cells, they saw that TVA performed the best. To see that a single nutrient like TVA has a very targeted mechanism on a targeted immune cell type with a very profound physiological response at the whole organism level, I find that really amazing and intriguing, said Professor Chen. Going on to say that there's a growing body of evidence about the detrimental health effects of consuming too much red meat and dairy, so this study shouldn't be taken as an excuse to eat more cheeseburgers and pizza. There is early data showing that other fatty acids from plants signal through a similar receptor, so we believe there's a high possibility that nutrients from plants can do the same thing by activating the Krebs pathway as well, he went on to say. As always, the links are in the show notes. And my opinion on this is I think it just makes sense. You know, we evolved eating red meat for millions of years. You know, we are perfectly suited to be omnivores. You know, we are not carnivores. We are not herbivores. We are omnivores. We're designed to consume meats and fruits and vegetables. That is the way we evolve. That's what our bodies require. That's what our bodies have been perfectly designed to be suited to for a very, very long time. And so I do find it strange when we see you know, even with results like this coming out, that the scientists feel the need to kind of run down their results and say, well, you know, we don't think you should be eating too much meat, but maybe plants might be able to do the same thing. And, you know, really, I think there's a number of problems with that. And the first of them is that, you know, the evidence against red meat is suspect, especially when we're talking about good quality red meats. And I think the, you know, the cheeseburger and pizza comment from this author sort of exemplifies it. You know, what are we talking about when we say, red meat is bad for you. What have we been looking at in those studies? Have we been looking at people eating cheeseburgers and pizzas and blaming red meat for the the processed food problem? Or have we been looking at people eating, you know, grass-fed, organic, you know, high omega-3 meats that are really, you know, grown and, and developed and and farmed in the way that they naturally would be, as much as you know, farming can be a natural thing. But but you know, are they grown in a healthy way, um, and as a result, producing healthy meat? Uh, and and have we done enough studies on that? to determine that that is a good or a bad thing because I really don't think we have and I think there's a really confusing message that's coming out at the moment about meat and the unfortunate thing about that is I think that has been taken and extrapolated and meant to mean much more than it does mean in terms of the health of our population and in terms of the health of the environment. And it's been driven and and published and pushed by people, I think, with ulterior motives uh, who would like to see us consuming more 
plant-based foods who would like to see us consuming more processed foods purely because of the financial ramifications of it. And so I think there has been a bias in the research. I think there's been a a bias in the dissemination of the research. I think there's been a bias in the, the political side of the research that's leading to these mass decisions worldwide and these campaigns worldwide that are very anti-meat um, and pro-plant-based diets that I think is a really worrying trend. And so I think we do need to be really careful of that. That's why I feel like research like this is important. It's why I feel like it's really disappointing that the researcher feels the need to run down his own research by saying, well, maybe plants can do the same thing because I ask you to consider what would happen if it was the other way around? Would, would the commentary be the same? Would we be saying, well, yeah, look, you know, the, the plants are better for killing cancer and they have some compounds that are great for killing cancer, but, you know, meat might have the same compounds as well. We don't know. We haven't got any research to prove it, but it might. So let's just chuck that in there as well. You know, I just don't think the commentary would be the same if it was the other way around. And this is where I think we need to be really careful of, you know, not letting our ideologies get in the way of science. You know, this is where our philosophy... It becomes really important is is why are we doing the science? What are we trying to get out of it? What questions are we asking? How are we interpreting the answers we get? You know, all of that can be driven by our philosophy and by also influenced by underlying agendas and, and unconscious biases and all of those sort of things as well. So I think this is a really important piece of research. I do hope uh, it is investigated a lot further. Obviously, it's only a preliminary research. We're just looking at this one particular chemical in the meat and the impact that might have. That doesn't mean that meat as a whole is is good for us or reducing cancer, right? It may well be, but that we can't determine that just from this study. More research needs to be done, but I just hope it's done with an open mind. And I hope it's done in a way that is unbiased and presented in a way that is unbiased so that the consumer can get a fair chance to make a good decision about whether they want to consume meat or not and what types of meat they would like to consume. So, you know, in the meantime, I think what we can say from, from all of the studies that have come out is that when it comes to meat, quality is important. You know, do be careful of the really processed meat. Do be conscious of, you know, what you're adding on to your meats, whether that be sugar or a, a bread bun or, you know, whatever it may be that you're adding to your cheeseburgers and pizzas that they spoke about, because that's obviously going to make a big difference as well. Be mindful of how processed it is. That's going to make a big difference too. And so I think if you do choose to keep consuming meat, then then try and stick to quality, simple, unprocessed meat as much as you possibly can. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation about this or any other episode of This Week in Wellness, join my Healthy Lifestyle Choices Facebook group or find us on Facebook and Instagram at This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.